Hello, everyone. Hey. Well, thanks again for tuning in, or hello for first-timers. The concept is quite simple. We're going to, or me, Florian, I'm going to interview Sebi Jogla. 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 Yeah. Uh, one of the graduates <laughs> of interaction design, and it was all quite a bit of a last-minute stretch, but we're just going to have a nice conversation about, well, everything, yeah. but most specifically um, graduating at interaction design and how it came to be, mm. uh, I would say. Great so, story, yeah. Uh, Sebi, welcome. <laughs> Hi. Um, would you like to introduce something about you, what you do, where you're from? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm from Spain. Uh, and I studied uh, audiovisual design for two years in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And after those two years, I was really uh, developed, I guess, an interest in technology. And I felt that I couldn't really work there. So I decided to look for something that would fit a bit more. And then in a bit of a desperate time, I found uh, Martijn, uh, <laughs> our uh, great uh, leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the head of interaction yeah, design. Yeah, that's the head of interaction design. And I got a wonderful interview with him, and I really um, had an intuition that would be a great place to go, and uh, I went here. Okay, so so studying in Barcelona for two years out of audiovisual design, so you were already going towards an interest in in the same uh, type of... uh Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I was already, before starting there, interested on this um, field. But I think in my place, I never had any reference of anything that is possible uh, in this uh, aspect of combining art and technology and design together. And uh, for me, the first touch with this was at Sonar Festival. It's like a really big electronic music uh, festival in Barcelona. And when I was 16, I went there alone. Like <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna do it. Wow! And I went, and I was really, yeah, uh, eye-opening for me to discover a new field that I really fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have sort of an exploring uh, character. You yeah, could say. I think so. It's, yeah. it's also <laughs> what you see in your work. Because mm. um, could you tell a bit about your uh, research project that you did? Yeah, sure. Uh, research project uh, came from uh, the. Um, Basically, it starts, it origins into the th- from the thesis, basically. And I did uh, research about the idea of noise, um, but without having to touch it upon the noise as a source of sound, but rather into the context of information. So I was really interested on how noise plays into the information um, field, I would say. Uh, and then um, basically I could say that I, I found like a really n- wonderful quote from uh, Claude Shannon, which was a mathematician that uh, did the information theory, which basically was uh, a way that um, he predicted and calculated how information should be transferred in the future. So he was also the father of the beats and <laughs> he just mathematically described how it should be and that made possible a lot of the discoveries in technology and circuits. And he had a really simple description of information which he stated as a resolved uncertainty. And that uh, really, when I started to think about those two words, it really triggered to think a lot about it. And uh, yeah, um, in this yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, uh, because your the the name of the work mm. is also based on that. Yeah, exactly. Quote, because the name yeah. of the work was uh, an unresolved uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly what I tried to explain in the thesis. Is like uh, my approach then in this context would be that noise has to be uh, an unresolved uncertainty. Yeah. If we understand like uh, information as something that is resolved. Uh, 
uh, then noise has something needs to be something that is not uh, resolved yet. So that was a bit the starting point of this yeah. uh, research uh, that I did. Yeah, and, and then you went on go from this thesis asking yourself a question, which led it to to the end 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 result. Let's say. Yeah. What was yeah. the question that you ask yourself or? Yeah, so from this starting point that I just talked, uh, mm -hmm. the question then was, okay, so what things could be unresolved that I could uh, start to work with and that I can be interested uh, on? Uh, so that could be, for instance, uh, an uncountable. An uncountable for me was something that was connected to information yeah. and at, at the same time was something that was connected to uh, this uh, materiality that it's unresolved. So basically, that's when I started to say, okay, let's do the opposite. So how can I count an uncountable? Uh -huh. And that's yeah. exactly the the question that yeah. started the project. Yeah. Because it's it's I find it am amusing that this quite well thought theory and sort of this this uh, thought exercise um, we're a few minutes in, but we didn't mention hmm. the actual the project. Yeah, the ac <laughs> no, but the actual uh, uh, substance of what uh, yeah. like sand, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so can you explain a bit just for people who mm. can't see uh, the yeah of course the work yeah so what uh, I said we can go to the very basics basically so um, yeah this uncountable um, could be a material just like sand and that's what I used to uh, start to prototype this project uh, and basically the question was like how can I actually count sand in a very basic uh, starting point. But can that can lead uh, to a very interesting places. Yeah, no. and, and you know you're a few days in in the exhibition, and um, you were able to show the work to to visitors that were invited because that uh, sadly is the only way to see the work at the moment. I'm curious to know what kind of conversations uh, sparked from there. Like I can't imagine that can be go can can be going many direc directions. Or did you see a certain pattern in there yeah uh, i'm happy because it all falls in the same place so that means that there is something in common but of course there i left room for interpretation because for me it was really important and to make people actually think about the topic that was the main goal so having uh, excuse me uh, having basically um, people think about this idea of a quantity that we cannot understand and sun has this beautiful property that we can see the grains but we <laughs> will never be able to actually know the amount. Yeah. So it has this really thin line of connection between the quantity that it is and the actual understanding that we can put on it. So that came across with uh, everyone, but then, of course, like there is interpretations on the um, yeah, um, attempts and approximations of each system. Uh, so that would be a bit more of a technique, technical approach, I would say. And then there is also the ones that are a bit more conceptual. So thinking about actually more the implications of what these uh, explains. Yeah. Because it, for me, it, it also resonates a bit in, in the question of, of, of big data and mm. are you able to actually extract the information from uh, so many data points that we're collecting? So in that sense, like if every data point would be sand, then it's still uh, how do you filter actual noise? That's always uh, yeah. also maybe a big question yeah uh, <laughs> yeah for sure so that was the association that i got from it and if you look at the work there are two bars that show the amounts of sand right yeah. can you explain what what the difference is between those uh, ways of counting yeah so the idea is that uh, i have two different systems 
that attempt to approximate a quantity of um, of the same uh, amount of sand. So basically, the sun is falling to a balancing system that when it's uh, outweighed, it just falls. Uh, and that amount then is uh, captured by a camera. Uh, so it's an optical sensor that, uh, and this optical sensor just tries to blob track each grain. So that means that it just, um, it tries to uh, attempt to get uh, a picture of each pixel uh, that it's able to capture and then attribute a number into it. Uh, and then after the sun is uh, gone from that system, it falls into a vibration plate, which uh, basically um, tries to calculate how much intensity the sun is bouncing at. This, at the beginning of the test, uh, changed a lot because it has to take into account the, the size of this uncountable in that sense. Because if you use, let's say, gravel, which is quite a bit thicker sand, then it can detect uh, individual elements. Uh, and then, exactly, so the size is really important in the accuracy of the, of the system and how much it will count. So if you have like a big gravel, it will be really accurate. Uh, and if you are slow, it will be always uh, on point. But when you go to a tiny scale, which is the one of sand, then it becomes really difficult and challenging for the sensors to to actually count it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it 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 it's it's also interesting because sand is so tangible and it's so sort of everyone knows how sand what sand is and how it, how it sort of looks, let's say. But on the other hand, it's quite a mysterious uh, thing in that sense. Like if you have many, if you have a pile of sand, you will almost never know how many uh, particles mm. you have or where they come from as well. Yeah. Or where they come from. Yeah. Uh, in what sense? Or yeah, for instance, one of the research of this project was actually where does this sun is coming <laughs> from? Uh, it this course. maybe to contextualize, I'm from a place where we have a really big and long beach. And the sun is like everywhere in my house as well, all <laughs> the time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because yeah. if you go to the beach for a walk, also just bring it on at home. And one of the tests and um, ex explorations I did was to actually go to the river which connects to this uh, big beach and basically take samples of the river and then sort them by sizes. Uh -huh. So then I would take like a bucket of the river and then have like uh, uh, sorted by sizes. So then I would have like big stones, then a big smaller stones and a gravel. And then what would be the start of the sun. And then if you go to the beach and take the sun, you have a gradation of the actual um, a scale of where it's coming from. And it's really interesting to also see this, uh, yeah, this combination and where so it comes from. Um, just for my for <laughs> for my view, like mm. I'm seeing you now at home during uh, quarantine, <laughs> yeah, exactly. going to yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the beach and then walking yeah. up the river stream to sort of collect all these exactly. materials. Yeah, illegally because we couldn't leave, oh. so we had to go with my mom and the bucket. And just pick <laughs> the. <laughs> so your mom was involved in the crime. My mom was involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were at some point. I was like, I need to take some sand. Like, I yeah. <laughs> you need to make it. And uh, what did you? How did your mother uh, think of your project? Like, did did she get anything? Or yeah, yeah. She she understood. She understood it. And I think one of uh, the strengths of it is that uh, to the superficial level, it's really easy to get. Yeah. When you say like this is counting sand, like I think that uh, the entry level of the project. Conceptually, super straightforward, and if you want to go deeper, is there is an option. But uh, I think that 
even my grandma would still get it in yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because I graduated last year and mm -hmm. I had one of I had some 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 bullet points that I wrote down for myself that I wanted to have in my work. Mm -hmm. Not sure if it succeeded yet still. Mm. Um but one of those was also my parents should be able to understand what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. Um or at least get my obsession for mm, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, because that can also spark a conversation. So I f I feel like it's 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 um like you're saying it's a simple gesture that you're making conceptually. Um, which involves a lot of critical thought that you can apply to it. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, uh, do you want to proceed on this, on this research specifically with sand, or is it a sort of uh, methodology that you... Um, yeah, it's a good question. Applied? Yeah, it's a good question because the, r the thesis was, in a way, a methodology research. So how to use noise as a methodology. And this is, I think, one result that can uh, be an outcome of this uh, process. But yeah, I think this could be um, yeah, a work style or um, something to pursue and see what, uh, how far I could go or what I could uh, explore. But yeah, I think for me, I see it more of an ongoing uh, research rather than a closed uh, project. Yeah, because uh, how, how, does a pro how does a process work for you as a... Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> well, it, it, it yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter as long mm. as the result is there. It's like it's just everyone has its own way of getting somewhere. So uh, some people have a very clear idea of what it's going to be and just build it. Um, some do aesthetic research, which you also really see in in uh, in the works of all the students at interaction design is that you see the very different personalities behind yeah. the projects yeah. and. In your case, I'm just wondering, like, how how does that go for <laughs> you? <laughs> how does it happen? <laughs> yeah, no, because I I, I can really yeah. see that you 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 think a lot of about the gestures that you make. So mm. the the simple outcomes uh, or like the the entrance point, you say. So yeah. Just yeah. So for me, it's extremely important what you say. Like this, uh, the thing that will define the project. So I really look for a very basic fundamental that I can base the project on and that it's always there and it's never changing. So that really helps me to build uh, something that uh, it's the same as it starts as it will end. But without having to, um, how would I call it? Without having to um, know how it will end. So that allows me window to design, I would say. So in this case would be, um, I want to do a project about the quantity and it should uh, probably use sand. Um, and that's a very um, solid starting point that you can really build wherever you want from it. And I think that from my work, I do that a lot. So I try to get a very strong conceptual um, gesture or action or um, whatever in is that sense. Is that also where the, where the biggest struggle is? No, I enjoy that quite a lot. So I think that that process comes from a lot of thought behind. So there is um, quite a lot of uh, work, uh, I would say, to get to a point where I realize that actually the act of counting sand is something interesting. Yeah. And not only for me one day in the beach, but actually <laughs> maybe <laughs> for someone in a gallery yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to share, I think. So I think a lot of work comes behind the scenes a bit, uh, I think... Uh, mentally thinking about it. I can also imagine because you have uh, this explore, explore, explorative, is that the mm. word? Uh, yeah, maybe. Sort of I approach so, yeah. uh, that it, it, it somehow has to make sense for you as well before you can go to a next step yeah. or to have yeah. this logical path for your 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think so. I think I need this uh, confirmation that mm -hmm. something feels right. Um, and then yeah. you do you uh, sorry uh, do do you then also just uh, uh, research everything like when you start off with sand you just go reading or is it just like sort of yeah we call it aftaste but I don't intuition know. intuition uh, intu intuitively mm. sort of go uh, into mm, that's a good question I would say the intuition part comes at the beginning so that's where I feel that sand is interesting. And that is where I use the intuition. And when I feel that it's strong and it can be really um, good or if it can work, then it's when I start to research properly. Like most of the times what I do is what other people have actually discovered from this or what is the work of other people that also were interested in the same idea. Is, did it happen? Is someone was interested or not? Uh, <laughs> and then if it is, then I read about it. And, and how do you see yourself then from... Uh, going from here, is there a certain path you're thinking about and or uh, you have the ambition to... No, not the ambition per se, but I think I would like to show the work um, if possible, <laughs> if the situation yeah. makes it possible. But no, no, not per se um, something really strong or... No, I'm happy with the result and I think it would be interesting to find a place to, to share it yeah. and maybe grow from it. And mostly from the experience of actually stepping to the, you know, to the, <laughs> to the yeah, gallery world or mm -hmm. festival uh, style uh, exposition. So that would be really interesting to to start. Yeah. And then you, uh, because I also want to jump a little bit into your uh, practical assignment, mm -hmm. um, because there, this is of course the research project. I have to explain a bit. I think. Uh, is uh, mostly autonomously, right? You just work on your own in the sort of old-fashioned approach, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. which is never true, I believe. <laughs> 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 uh, it's always with the people around you, uh, mm. in my view. But uh, anyway, um, the question I have about this is because uh, in the practical assignment, you work with or for someone else. In mm. this case, you wor worked for uh, Richard Feige. Yeah. Uh, who is an artist, a designer, uh, a how teacher. does he call uh, himself? Uh, yeah, I, think <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> misname him. <laughs> no, I think that sounds uh, yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, can you maybe go a bit into that uh, assignment? Yeah, he proposed me to um, see if we could think about the sound design for some of his works. Uh, because recently he... Um, yeah, he got some project that was interesting, uh, could happen in Spain. And um, he was just proposing me to see if we could think a way to make uh, sound part of the work. Um, so that's where I stepped in. And that's where I tried to think about uh, how a system could uh, be in, yeah, included in his work, where it's mostly based on data visualizations. So that would mean that sound also should uh, kind of uh, be driven by data as well. In a way that, yeah, I think the approach I'm trying to take is stepping back from the typical data sonification, uh, where it becomes really glitchy and super electronic uh, style. And I think I would like to explore um, other uh, styles of data sonification that could also make sense. Uh, but not that they don't necessarily need to fall in this, uh, I would say, more standard yeah. uh, beat. Yeah, it's, 
Um, so, so you you started studying audio uh, visual, um, and you research noise, but not as a sort of uh, audio. Uh, how do you say topic? Uh, but is is there always an audio thing connected, or is it just because um, you started there and sort of went from there into, let's say, the the sand project, which is already a, a no. way out of. No, no, audio, it's been always the, the first thing I ever uh, had. Uh, so I think maybe to go back at the beginning, um, I was really interested in audio, and I think that's why Sonar really showed me, um, you know, the, the field, I would say, because of this interest on electronic music that I was having. And I think for me, yeah, I worked a lot in audio before. Um, so I think since I was 14 till 19, I did a lot on my own and yeah, I learned a lot and that kind of uh, didn't work out uh, so much in my place and because of the image I was having from the Netherlands in the electronic music scene, that's why I always thought that the Netherlands was feeling a bit more um, welcoming, uh, I think, for uh, artists on, or just people that want to express themselves, where I just found myself in Spain a bit more enclosed because I didn't feel the space or the welcoming that I felt at least in this in this country. And, and was it maybe also um, a way of defining yourself by going to a different country and sort of, was it a search in that sense as well? Or was it mostly because you already had the feeling that you would fit in maybe more here into the scene than in Spain? Yeah, I think the second one. I think I felt a bit, yeah, I didn't feel, yeah, I think it just didn't work out for me because yeah. I come from like a small town uh, and I think it's like some sort of <laughs> really weird coincidence that I end up liking things that I do <laughs> because there is absolutely no reference of uh, these <laughs> things. Like the yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really strange. I guess I have to thank internet for that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that yeah brought well, me here yeah. in a way uh, because that yeah opens up the possibilities and the interests are yeah. really up on you so yeah so whatever triggers you can be anything in, in yeah. that sense yeah yeah, yeah i think so yeah. i think mostly was um, looking for learning in a place that i knew mm -hmm. i could learn a lot more yeah well this question then uh always uh, or also comes to mind of course and and how was it then <laughs> looking back like uh, the change uh, yeah like did you mm experience uh, exactly what you thought it would be I, uh, that's always yeah yeah exactly yeah I, I even a bit more really yeah, yeah 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 I think so yeah because I uh, I felt like I think Spain uh, well it's overall uh, a bit behind on the culture side of things and I think maybe that's because of the dictatorship that lasted longer than in Europe overall. And I think that it just felt like... I think I, I was feeling a bit disconnected on the timeline because mm. I felt like I mm. was connected through the internet to what was happening and feeling that I, in the place I was in was a bit behind. So I was not able to catch up if I stayed where I was. And I think that the necessi necessity of just moving to look for that edge that I was looking for uh, was really important. Yeah. And are you planning then to also stay working in mm, Northern Europe I don't or know. Netherlands? I or? think a bit of a moving bird would be nice, uh, at least for the upcoming uh, yeah, years, I would say. 
Well, I, I admire that because I, I see it in, in every aspect of what you're saying, in, in actually. Like, um, your explorative mind doesn't only uh, go to the barriers or the, the, the borders that you that you already know. It's exactly the, the other way around. It's it's going uh, after your opportunity or what triggers you. So yeah. yeah, I think opportunities are a good point, actually. Yeah. Just where I find... Uh, sometimes things come and you can take them and go uh, and go for it and yeah I think I do that quite often yeah, yeah great um, is there anything that I'm missing or that would you that you would like to mention or because I'm not sure how long we're doing I this don't know. at the moment how many 20. we're now at 20 Maybe have oh I have oh we have oh. 20 minutes left mm. So what's Good next? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to this second, uh, second part, <laughs> second part of this episode. <laughs> Roll the drums, yeah. <laughs> and 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 uh, I'm just because we have more time than than expected. I'm I'm also curious because I forgot to ask this question. Mm. And I still want to ask it. How did you find Martijn van Boven, the head? Oh, of this was crazy, man! Like crazy, yeah, crazy. How does this happen? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I don't really know. It's like the one piece of sand in the yeah. whole desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. Yeah, just no, really. Like oh yeah. it was a crazy process because I was really frustrated in Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, I had like a really rough family time as well going on, and I really needed to change. And so for me, it was quite important to look for it. And at some point um, during the Barcelona stay, I came to the Netherlands one week. Uh, to Rotterdam because I wanted to visit uh, Willem de Kooning Academy and I went there for a week and there were uh, I don't know why also things for life but there was the art uh, Rotterdam happening during that exact week that I just oh yeah. went so without I was knowing yeah without knowing yeah. and there I found myself seeing tech art seeing um, the object exhibition in Rotterdam, it was like... Yeah, in that was amazing. Yeah, it was in a ship actually, uh, in the harbor. So I found myself like surrounded by design. I was absolutely blown away. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply for the Willem de Kooning. And that's what I did. I, I applied and yeah, it was a horrible experience. Uh-huh. Like really bad. I Whoa. applied around the beginning of a year. Yeah. And then... They took around six months to reply to me. So it was like a six-month wow. period agony to know or not if I was in. And yeah, by the end, uh, I was really done. And one day I received a mail and they told me that I was more interested on science and uh, I think on science and art and design. And that that's why they didn't want me to go. And yeah, I was like, they are really not in the head. So they are a bit cuckoo. <laughs> and I was really at the point to say, like, I'm just going to go. I take my laptop and yeah. I put like Netherlands design. And I did a five minute search and I found two new uh, academies. One was Interaction Design Arnhem and the other was uh, Royal Kapeke. And I applied to both. And yes, long story short, after <laughs> three days, they already answered. And Because you came in in the third year or the, the second. second? Yeah, ah, the second the year. Second year. Okay. And how was it adapting then to the to the program? Was compared, rough. was really rough. Yeah, because Martin is really optimistic. We kind of <laughs> know that. <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah. trait of him. Yeah. So yeah. he was like, "Yeah, you will do it. Don't worry." Uh, but it was really challenging, as I never coded before, and I was not a coder. I never programmed, and yeah, they 
the th kind of work I wanted to do required quite a lot of it actually so <laughs> <laughs> I had to push a lot but the first semester was really really chaotic yeah and the second actually you remember I actually broke an arm <laughs> during yeah. the project yeah. month yeah <laughs> so the first year was absolute madness and th yeah thankfully it just got really chill I, I remember your presentation I believe also the second one you gave was complete it was it was very interesting because usually you have like eight minutes to present mm. your all your work from the semester, yeah, which are yeah. like 12 projects. It's yeah. <laughs> impossible yeah. to tell. But you sort of decided there to also tell another story, right? Was it? Was it? I don't remember. Wh which? Yeah, I believe it. it you, you were... Um, uh, but maybe I'm just in making this up. <laughs> yeah, I feel be. like this was in your first year, the second presentation. Where you uh, made these data visualizations? That ah, was the first. The first is how the I first. had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had no idea what this how was. No yeah. one told me. Yeah. No, chill. Just presentation. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and I said, like, okay, maybe I just have to explain where I come from. Yeah. Like. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. 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 But it was amazing, actually, because mm. I still remember it in the sense that okay, it yeah. was. Wow. Uh, it was different, and mm. uh, but it was also great, just that you were there being yourself uh, in front of a crowd because you didn't know what to do. Because I can imagine that yeah. many people would, uh, including myself, would think, I, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to bump out or just try to... Um, uh, so you made you made it something from yourself in, in that sense as well. Yeah, so. I remember doing like... For me, it was really important. Like I think the time of what I spend in each project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because actually... <laughs> I could show like how I much I learned in yeah. those yeah, months. That was the visualization. That was the, I think I, I, now that you said I remembered because I was like, hey, I did it in these two months and then the last uh, week I did everything else. Like, because, yeah, it was quite a, a ride. That's and true. And I'm also wondering about uh, on your view with this one because I, I, I feel like many people are attracted to interaction design mm -hmm. but are uh, backed off a bit by the idea that you have to be a great coder or a yeah. developer how do you view that no, after because you true. started off hmm. thinking or yeah, having true. these concepts uh, yeah. <laughs> let's say yeah uh, i think that might be also the the title that also changed like uh, before it was called interaction design and i think for good we changed to uh, design art technology which i think it fits quite a lot more yeah um but yeah i think that's where it comes, right? If you want to understand technology, the thing is that technology is programmed. So if you want to learn Dodge, you will have to learn Dodge. Like, there is no other way around. So I think a certain level of programming is always good yeah. to understand the topic that you want to explore. So in the sense that if you want to research technology as an artistic field, you will need to understand how it works. Because I think otherwise you will fall into the pit of talking about it without not knowing at all <laughs> what you're actually talking about. And that happens quite quite often, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I feel also that even though you won't be the best at it, um, it makes sense to try it out, just to, to get a feel of the, the, the learning curve. Um, because that also gives an insight on how um, easily or how difficult it is to actually appropriate a certain medium or a certain... Uh, uh, part of a medium um, but on the other hand uh, I'm just going to give my uh, opinion as an interviewer here <laughs> uh, from my point of view it's also that um, there are different approaches on 
uh, dealing with technology. So you have like the technical part, but you also have the uh, theoretical side of it. So being able to identify the specific aspects of a medium or uh, a tool, uh, therefore needs also needs a sort of a theoretical uh, insight, I, I would say, or uh, or at least something you believe in yourself, <laughs> so you can apply it to yeah, uh, your, yeah, your project. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I think just to emphasize, I didn't mean to actually know how to code, but actually understand it. And I think that there's a difference there. I don't think you need to know how to code, but I do think that you need to understand what code is and how it works. So I don't think that's a similar thing. Yeah, 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 good point. I, I feel like... Um, Finding mutual ground uh, in that mm, uh, in yeah. that sense, um, yeah. And then and then uh, going to the theory part, um, your thesis connected quite uh, heavily, let's say, to uh, your research project. Mm -hmm. Is there also is there a certain fun in writing that you found by doing this thesis? Or yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I I like to write, but I wouldn't say it's my preferred medium. Um, I find myself sometimes that I do have to write uh, because of circumstances, right? But it's not something I rely uh, upon much because I'm not so fan of words because I feel it can be really misleading sometimes. Um, but but they are also really useful, so I don't take away the the importance of them, of course. But I feel that I'm it's not such a fluid medium that I can yeah that I can use. No, I, I actually get this get this uh, mm. because indeed your work also shows that it doesn't need that much explanation isn't yeah. it just one sentence that you yeah. have yeah. <laughs> yeah just one sentence why am I asking this to you yeah, no, who has one sentence yeah. to explain his work which I really enjoy yeah. um, I think uh, for me at least uh, I have no further questions I'm looking at my book but I didn't do any preparation so Mm. I'm not. Oh, that was such a humble brag. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised it went a certain way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, whoa. Okay, we can cut that out, right? Uh, thanks so much, Isabi. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, and, same. Um, I'm looking forward to any uh, new obsession that you find yeah, you can dive into you. and just completely <laughs> take <Destroyed>. apart. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Let's well, see thanks what comes so next. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye.